welcome to Created to Be, a podcast brought to you by A Little Light. A Little Light is a community for Canadian Christian women who want to use their passions, the creativity, and influence in a way that glorifies God. In the Created to Be podcast, you will hear from women in the community sharing their stories of their creative projects and how they are learning who God created them to be in all they do, online and offline. Now here's your host, Shauna Scaife. Hey, it's Shauna. Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm talking with Louise Chapman from Talk Nerdy to Me. Louise is a mom of three, plus she's a foster parent. Her career span from teacher to photographer to blogger, and her blog focuses on family adventures, being proactive with life and family, and all the little day-to-day things of being a mom and woman. Louise has the special skill that she's able to be vulnerable without exposing the personal lives of her family. And when you meet her, you feel like you are meeting the same Louise that you have read online. And I think that's kind of a hard authenticity to find as a blogger. In this episode, we talk about changing careers, being a foster parent, family life, blogging life, and some Facebook tips because Louise runs a really fun Facebook page worth being a part of. As with every episode, everything we talk about can be referenced in the show notes, and those are found at alittlelight.ca. So enjoy the episode, and if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend who might like it too. Hey Louise, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi Shauna. Hi. I'm really glad you're here. Um, I think you and I quote-unquote met in the Facebook group West Coast Parent Bloggers a while ago. I think that's where we first connected. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and I can't quite remember, but I'm... I'm probably certain (laughs) that I just started messaging you once I found out you were a Christian and I loved your blog name. So I probably just started messaging you out of the blue and (laughs) we've chatted back and forth ever since. And you've been a panel member for our panel discussions in um, last spring with a little light. So I feel like you're someone that I would just have a phone conversation with anyways, regardless of the podcast. I'm excited you're here. Um, Thanks for having me. Thank you. So I want to just jump right in. Will you share a bit about who you are, your family, and what you do online? Okay. I am a mom of three kids, biological kids, and then um, my husband and I are also foster parents, so sometimes we have one extra kid or two. Um, I am a science teacher, but only work once a week, and online I have a blog called Talk Nerdy to Me because my husband and I are pretty nerdy, and... um, (laughs) Yeah, it's really just a place where I like to share what I've learned, but also kind of engage and learn from other people. So I really love my little community there. Yeah, I enjoy it too. I didn't know you were still teaching. So are you subbing or just part-time? Yeah, I just sub once a week. It's perfect. Oh, nice. Um, So a few weeks ago, the ladies in the Facebook group named this podcast and they called it Created to Be. And the premise behind that is that God created me, he created you, he created everyone to be something unique and purposeful. And so I'm just listening to kind of who you are and you have these kind of careers that you've had a shift in um, different careers. And maybe if we think about careers, we can say like, I felt like I've always been meant to be a a writer or a baker Um, but you've kind of done a lot of different things you've been a teacher a photographer a blogger and a foster mom and all of that so when you were in college did you ever think that down the road you'd have this kind of shift what brought you to this place 
Yeah, I never thought this because um, I remember reading once that you know you, sh- you change careers like seven times in your life, and I thought that was just unbelievable. I was like, you pick something, you stick with it, and you never change. I don't know why. I think it's just how my parents were, right? Like you just security is important, and you just stay with what you've got. So I never um, imagined it being like changing anything beyond being a teacher. So the photography thing, the blogging thing, the foster mom thing, it's just, you know, it's just um, listening to the prompts in your life, whether it's through someone else or what God has in front of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember having someone ask me when I started my career as a health inspector, what career I was on, like there was this number of careers you would go through in your life. And I thought it was crazy. But I've had a similar experience too, as I've shifted into motherhood and then started blogging like you. Um, in, In my experience, some of these shifts have been pretty messy. You know, you're letting go of a certain identity and picking up a new one and it can be a lot of um, action going on in your heart and your family how did you handle these identity shifts through these changes I think one of the biggest things I struggled with especially going to photography and blogging is that I was like can I call myself a photographer Mm -hmm. can I call myself a blogger like I'm self-taught so does that count and it was just a lot of kind of wrestling with it and figuring it out um, especially after being in a profession in which you went to university for right so that was kind of a shift for me and um, yeah I've been just working on it and I think I'm I think I've got it yeah and Blogging for a long time was hard to explain to other people when that's something you're spending your time and your money doing and you want to do something with it. It's kind of a hard thing to claim I'm a blogger. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I agree. What does it mean? Um, So you were were part of an interview series a while back that we did with a few other women called, uh, I think it was called Women of Faith Dreaming Bigger. And so you've made these changes to me you're a woman who dreams bigger and you don't just dream bigger you actually do it like you let down let go teaching for a while to become a photographer and you're taking up foster parenting and you're taking up blogging like these are some pretty big moves um when i look at you and taking these big leaps i see i see a picture of god's heart for women playing out in your life but i'm wondering if you could describe what kind of things you have learned about god and his heart for you through these big moves and changes Hmm, that's a big question okay (laughs) i think a lot of a lot of this journey i've learned is that like god has a plan for me um and sometimes it's not clear and I just kind of have to take it day by day and be okay with that. Like I'm a big type A planner. I like to know five years in advance. So (laughs) this whole thing has been a lot of just trusting God that um, he's leading me. Right. So um, it's really exciting to see where I am now. And um, I look forward to seeing what the next few months, years will look like. Yeah. I like that you know, teaching's a safe career. And I was like, you mm-hmm. kind of raised to settle into that certainty. And, and you just know, okay, I have this job, I'm going to wake up and go to it. But you've also, you also have your hand in some uncertainty where you have to take a risk and be self taught, and you don't really know the outcome. I think that's like a really nice balance that you've reached. I'm yeah. sure it didn't always feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I really, I think, um, You know, like blogging doesn't really pay for me, but I Mm -hmm. think where it does pay is um, in just reaching in people's hearts and challenging, right? Like just the idea of I really want to spread just awareness about fostering, especially just if it 
you know, lets one person kind of consider it, then mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty awesome. Because I, the reason we are foster parents is someone suggested it to us, right? So sometimes it just takes one person <laughs> to, so, to mention it. So foster parenting was never something you thought of before? No, we no. never would have. So I think it just started maybe uh, three or four years ago. We started, yeah, how thinking did, about it. How did that conversation go down that this was something you decided, yes, we are going to follow through with this? We um, had always thought we'd go live in Africa for a year with our family to kind of teach them mm-hmm. about different cultures and our place in the world. And then a friend of mine who I'd actually gone to Kenya with um, let me know about the need in our own communities and how we can make such a big impact on these children's lives right where we live. And when I realized the need and I realized that just regular people can do it, then um, it just kind of planted something in me. And it took Gary about six months longer to kind of come alongside, but that's Mm -hmm. sort of how it started. So what kind of, um, like, break it down, like, legality-wise, what kind of steps do you have to go through to become a foster parent? Yeah, so here in BC, the process is about one year, actually, and it involves things like parenting, um, like foster parenting classes about trauma and attachment and FASD, things like that. Um, There's a home study, there's references, application, criminal checks, um, medical checks. There's a lot. There's Mm -hmm. like a lot. But I mean, um, it has to be you're working with these really vulnerable kids. So you have to be as prepared as you can be, really. And every kid that comes through, it's temporary. Do they give you kind of a timeline ever? Yeah, but it's kind of this joke in the fostering community because they (laughs) might say, you know, it's just a week and then it turns into five years, right? So you don't really know. Um, But generally they say it's um, usually about, I'll say, a year. Okay, that Mm -hmm. they're with you. And that's a really long time. And I know from reading, um, you wrote a post recently on why you're okay with being a foster parent and letting that child go back um, because ideally like family restoration is the ultimate goal. What, yes. what other stigmas do you think that people have if they're reluctant around doing foster care? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I do here is that it's hard to say goodbye, but I think it's important to remember that it's about the kids, right? It's not about us. Um, and so just like, as you mentioned, the, the hope to bring them back to their their biological families where they've had the support that they needed, that's our number one goal. Um, I'm trying to think what other things people think. I think a lot of people think, and maybe I did too, I was worried about behaviors, I was worried about lice, like mm-hmm. those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like we've had four kids in our home now and... Uh, We've been able to handle it all okay, so it's yeah. not as scary as I thought. <laughs> Has it been what you thought it would be? Uh, it's just so much more. I don't even yeah. know how to explain it. There's just so much bigger feelings, more work, more um, uh, more in return that you get. So it's just all the feelings are so much more than I imagined. <laughs> Foster care is something I've always thought about too, but it's the logistics of getting everyone in the family on board. How do you handle, do you have a support system that really comes into play when you have a foster care in your home? Um, I would say that support is huge. And um, 
we have support of our church. We have a really great program in our church that helps us out. So on Sunday mornings, we have like, we can get one-to-one workers to help with our kids. And um, the other support really that's just priceless is um, the online community. So there's foster parent groups. So if anyone is a foster parent, I would encourage them to join um, their local foster parent association or Facebook chat groups. And uh, I mean, obviously privacy is a big concern, but Mm -hmm. just supporting each other as we deal with the ministry and then with deal with um, these kids hearts too yeah that's really important stuff um, mm-hmm. and then speaking of privacy I know that I think we've been part of some common discussions on Facebook groups around blogging about your kids lives and um, mm-hmm. you know what what kind of lines there are so I've noticed over the years that maybe you've stepped back about sharing your kids' personal stories. You still share the life of your family, but I'm just wondering if you could share some of the reasons you have um, behind the kind of guidelines you follow for yourself and what you share. For sure, and I'm still figuring this out, but <laughs> I mean, my kids provide me with so much potential stuff I could share about, <laughs> right. right? It's like, oh yep. my goodness, that's hilarious, but I just can't. So I think when they're un- when they're young, right, under the age of five, a lot of their situations are universal, right? It's all about sleep, eat, you know, um, just regular stuff that kids go through, that every kid goes through. But then as they get older, they're, the things they struggle with are really personal, right? And so I just feel like it's not my story to share. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're navigating this for really the first kind of generation because our parents didn't go through this. So we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what to do online. And I'm just really trying to err on the side of caution and, um, and respect for them. And um, yeah, so, if, and I'm sure I've messed up, but <laughs> I'm really just, try- if I share a story, I, I, I hope it's about me or if it's something like kids, I just, you know, if it's something I'm proud of them, I don't think it's embarrassing, then I will share it. But I try to really be um, thoughtful about, how they'll feel about it either now or in the future, right? So. Yeah, I always imagine my kids as teenagers and their friends just Googling their life, yes, <laughs> thinking yes, that would just be way too creepy for them. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I've even gone back and deleted some posts that I thought, oh man, I just really didn't need, I could share that with them, email it to them for when they're older, but maybe. Oh, that's smart. I should <laughs> go back to you because, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, it's a hard line to cross because your kids are your life and... Mm-hmm. They're hilarious, right? No one's kid is as funny as your own. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good line to have, though. Um, I just love reading about your family, and I love the, um, the intentionality you have behind how you approach your family life. And I think, well, maybe you just apply it to your whole life and marriage and motherhood and the way that you're living your life. I think I mentioned to you a post I love called What I Want My Life to Look Like. Um, can you tell me a bit about what has led you to take this proactive approach with living? Yeah, well, it's kind of a sad reason, but I think it's because my mom passed away, right? So Mm -hmm. she passed away at the age of 53 and I was just 26. And I think that just makes you realize that nothing's for certain. And, um, it's kind of all cheesy to talk about, but I just really want my days to count and my time yeah. with them to count. And, and my oldest is like 11 and a half, almost 12. I just feel like time is also limited in some sense that way that he's in our home. So I just really want to enjoy our time together. And I don't know. I really yeah. enjoy my family time for the most part. Yeah. 
<laughs> and just taking care of your health and your marriage, you seem like yes. these are all values that you put a lot of, you read books, you really, um, you plan things to do with one another. It seems like if that's a really great gift your mom could have left you, then then I think that it's going to pay off for you guys. Yeah, I hope so. And I would say too, like, for my marriage, it's fine. I can exist with it being good, but I would really like to love it, right? Like, I yeah. want it to be great because I want to enjoy everything. So that's why I like to invest in it, and mm. and we have time to do that too. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I <laughs> I don't want <laughs> this is a new thing for me too to just want want to do everything you can to enjoy what you have. And, I think it's also honoring the life God gave you, too, in, yes. in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's shift into social media. Something I see you do really, really well online, other than your photos, because I always love seeing your photos, um, is your Facebook page. And you have a really engaged community there. You ask interesting questions that they're not complicated. They're just like packing lunches and shoot like just common things so I always like reading them and getting involved in them because I always learn something um what is important to you about your Facebook community I love it Sean I love my Facebook page <laughs> I know some people it's not their thing but I um I just appreciate the community there I feel like I can ask a question and get great responses and um I just really enjoy learning from other people and sharing tidbits that I've learned and I've learned so much from other people so um it's kind of just like chatting with friends right it's, it is uh, it feels like a yeah. coffee date with a bunch of girlfriends yeah. yeah yeah and so I could see how you would love it you're getting that constant people are showing up and they're talking to you if people are talking to you it's really discouraging um, so for the people who maybe are feeling discouraged, what kind of practical tips would you give them about looking to grow their engagement? For sure. For Facebook, I can for sure speak to that. I don't know about everything else. But uh, the big thing for Facebook is I don't schedule posts. I I will post them live so oh. that I can be there and and interact with it. Because if I just post something and I'm not even there, then maybe one or two people will comment. But yeah. if I don't reply, then it just kind of ends there, right? Oh, so, interesting. <laughs> do you plan yeah. what you're going to post? Do you have like a list of questions you want to no. ask? No, you're just, hey, I'm sitting down. I'm going to, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. And it's probably not like the way you're supposed to do it. But I just feel like if it's like authentically what I'm feeling and, hey, mm -hmm. I'm ready to engage with this for the next 20 minutes, um, it usually works really well. And of course, including a photo in there always helps. Okay. And also engaging with other people, of course. Like, um, yeah, if you authentically, like if people that you really do want to, to talk with, right, then they'll let yeah. you want to converse with you as well. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And it's not leaving those, you know, um, vanity comments of, oh, I love this, love this great <laughs> idea. Like, you're actually yeah, yeah. answering people's questions, which I've always yeah. appreciated. So is Facebook something that you like keep up on? Do you read about it or kind of stay on the latest algorithms or any or do you, do you just do what you're doing because it works? Yeah, I'm just doing what I'm doing. So that's probably a bad answer, but it's just <laughs> the truth. <laughs> so Facebook's been good for your engagement. Do you have um, do you have similar experiences on other platforms? Um, I enjoy Instagram. It's not it's being a little bit different right now, right? So it's a little yeah. tricky. 
Um, and so I've been working on trying to ask more questions and engage with more people while at the same time not spending too much time on it, right? Mm -hmm. Balance. Yeah. And then I've been putting more into Pinterest as yes, well. Yes, yes. Yes. How has that been going? I'm so curious. <laughs> it's going, I've increased my engagement for sure. Yeah. I think just figuring out how it all works has um, been a bit of a job, but um, using Tailwind has mm. helped. I did the free trial and that was pretty cool to see how you could schedule it, right? Great. So that's been fun. Mm -hmm. Are you going back through old blog posts and refreshing them and sending I them out am. to Pinterest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, I wrote some good stuff like two years yeah. ago, right? Because if yes. you... <laughs> Yeah, you got to go back to it. Otherwise, you forget all that good stuff you have. Yeah, every couple of weeks, I'll do the same. I'll go back and I'll be like, oh, yeah, this was a great post. Yeah. Nobody read it. I should yeah, share exactly. it again. <laughs> yeah. So Instagram is tricky. I, I find engagement, like you say, it's changed kind of um, business rules or practices. It's kind of got a different feeling. I feel like I, moving back to Facebook is a good move for lots of people who have that kind of mom community, the older mom community. They're all on mm -hmm. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've only met you once in real life, but I feel like I feel like I know you enough through just chatting and writing. And then when I met you in person, I felt like what I read online was who you are in person. And I felt like um, you were a very authentic writer you're authentic in what you share and I think that you're able to be vulnerable with your audience without being um, cliche and what I mean by that is sometimes influencers can be vulnerable with the safe things but it just feels like they're kind of checking this social media box and checking off authenticity got it and then they're just kind of glossing over everything else <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that with you you're just very down to earth and your vulnerability is something that is um well, it, it's, it makes you approachable. It shows your humility. So what kind of mindsets help you to be vulnerable with your audience? Whew, that's a good question, hey? Okay. <laughs> um, I think if I want people to um, know me, I want them to know me. <laughs> so I want them, you know, I'm not trying to impress anyone. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to just be myself. So I think that's it. I, I'm not really worried about numbers or yeah. things like that. And so I just would really like to, um, I don't know, challenge people and learn from people. So really, it's just like this give and take. And so if I can be who I really am, then I feel like the connection is going to be more real and um, what we can learn from each other is going to be more valuable. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of my approach. I know that you've, um, did you do the Brene Brown course or were you reading her book recently? All of it. I All of it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of like principles did you take away from what you've learned that has helped you in social media? Oh, that's a good question. I wish I had thought about that one. But <laughs> I just I love her ideas of um, the importance of like quality connections and just being who you are and being confident in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and also I really love what she has to say about um, kind of like wrestling with the pain and working through it. Like you got to go through things. Right. And mm -hmm. and not to just try and skip ahead of stuff, but just like wrestle with it while you're in it so there's a lot that I love about her I would encourage everyone to read her books I love them <laughs> I've never read her book but I feel like I've picked up so much from reading other people talk about her but I definitely yeah. she's on my list um it reminds me of a book I read called Broken Way by Ann Voskamp 
talking okay. about just going through that pain and um, filling in the gaps for people who feel that pain, kind mm-hmm. of the community of brokenness and what it can, how it can bring people together. Um, so your online community, this is a real tangible thing. How do you um, balance offline community and online community? Hmm, that's good. <laughs> um, I think my, I have both. I really focus a lot more probably on my real, like in real life community. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So I have um, people in church, like we have our community groups, we have coffee groups. And um, so, and even just like my sisters, all those sort of communities, I really value. Mm-hmm. Um, and online is just one area of it. So um, a lot of online friends have become in real life kind of friends and uh, (laughs) yeah I don't know it's uh it's a balance always right yeah it is and I think we get really excited getting into social media we usually start it when we need it we need that online community and then we kind of realize oh my gosh we have to look up over our computers and get back into offline community and get you know in our town and in our church and in our neighborhood so I think learning that balance can be really tricky, but it it's so necessary. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to wrap up with some fun questions. Okay. <laughs> you and your family, you do a lot of road trips. You do a lot of hikes. You just went on this huge adventure this summer, didn't you? Yeah, we went to Yellowstone. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. What has been the funnest trip that you've been on with your family? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, when our kids were young, we went. Southeast Asia. So that was pretty wild. Like we went to the Philippines and Thailand and that was our first big trip. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Were you, how did you manage traveling with two, like two small kids or three small kids at the time? We had three. So I think the boys were like six and four and Naya was one. So it was pretty busy, but it was just so exciting. Like our life was full of mango smoothies and beaches and just wow. markets. And it was just really neat. It was a, a brave, wild thing. And it ended up being like lifelong memories for all of us. And they still talk about it and remember it? Yeah. I mean, Naya was too young, but the mm-hmm. boys remember it. And we have photos around our home, right? So yeah, it was really special. That was a really good one. Yeah. yeah. How about in BC? Where's your favorite place to go with your kids? Oh, we love, I mean, BC, there's just so much to explore, but I would say the place we go to every year is Vancouver Island, and we go to Eucula and Tofino, oh, and yeah. um, we love going there every year. You can't beat the ocean. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous, and it's just so isolated, too, so it's just quiet and calming, and the beaches just go forever, and I also grew up going there as a kid, so it's kind of, you know, yeah. sentimental. Nostalgic, yeah. Yeah. So if we were going to catch you, the house is empty it's a Saturday night what's your guilty pleasure that will catch you doing well I can tell you what I'm going to do tonight (laughs) it's going to involve some chocolate ice cream that's in the freezer that the kids don't know about oh (laughs) yeah how do you hide it (laughs) I know it's it's up high they're short um and uh Gary and I of course love watching a movie or two so that's always happening I just yeah, and I love it when you ask what to watch on Netflix because I always keep my eye on it. Are you guys binge watching anything right now? We just started watching The Five. So if you like oh. sort of, it's a series, it's mystery, and uh, we're about uh, five episodes in and there's 10 for the season. So we'll probably watch one or two tonight. <laughs> Is it a modern mystery thriller? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, good to mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And my last fun question for you is what do you want for Christmas? 
Oh, you know what? I'm not a like gift person. So my love language <laughs> is not gifts. Oh, really? So it is like I, I'm not good at gifts. So what I want for Christmas is just I don't know. That's a hard one because I just like sleep. I want sleep and I want a happy, healthy family. <laughs> so cheesy, but I am not a gift person at all. Are you good at giving gifts? I'm not, but my kids are teaching me that it's important to Aww. them. So maybe if I can find great gifts for a great deal, that'll make them really happy. That's what I want for Christmas. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> well, this has been a short and sweet conversation. And there's so many things that are popping up into my brain that I wish that we had more time to talk about. So hopefully we can do it again. I would love that. And for anybody who wants to follow you, where can they find you online? I'm at Talk Nerdy to Me, so www.talknerdytomeblog.com. And on Instagram? Uh, Louise Chappie, and then, of course, over on the Facebook page, which is Talk Nerdy to Me. Great. Well. Thanks, Louise. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shauna. <laughs>